How is it going, Bears fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Bear Down Podcast, the show where we talk everything Bears every day of the week. Today, we are back with our three key matchups in the week two game between the Chicago Bears and the Cincinnati Bengals. We're going to be giving you guys our three positional matchups slash keys to the game that the Bears have to achieve if they would like to bounce back from an ugly week one loss and beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Before we get into this one, I would like to say I apologize for no upload yesterday. I'm getting over some nasty cold or flu, so I've been taking a couple of days off. I, I felt crappy over the weekend, but we're trying to get you guys the most comprehensive coverage on the web, bringing you guys the most Bears coverage uh, on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. So if you haven't already, do us a favor, drop a like, subscribe, follow wherever you are listening. We're going to be bringing you guys Bears content for the rest of the week, all the way up to and after game day. I am your host, Chris Malpe. Today, to break down these matchups, I'm joined with my handyman, Parshaw. It's always us doing this around this time. Uh, college students, we we have a little bit more of a flexible schedule. We don't really see Jalen during the week as much anymore, but Parth, no. what's going on? you got a big week down there, I hear. Yeah, we do. Uh, it's parents weekend here at IU. We're also facing Cincinnati, so it's going to be exciting. Um Top ten team. Go Bearcats. In. Go Bearcats. <laughs> I, I was I was I was at Cincinnati a couple of weeks ago. I've got a good buddy on the team, so go Bearcats. But it should be a good one. Oh, it should be a good one. It's gonna be fun to be at the game. Excited for that atmosphere, obviously. And then on Sunday, play the Bengals. Hopefully the Bears bounce back. It should be a good game. And we'll bring you guys some matchups that would stick out to us in this game. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot to talk about, a lot of intriguing storylines heading into this week two game. But before we get into that, let's get from today's sponsor. Let's get to today's sponsored message from our 2021-2022 season partners over at MyBookie. We would only recommend a service to our listeners that has been good to us. That's why MyBookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, and they pay. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy football guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. You can get your first deposit up to $1,000 doubled. Uh, and you can double your first deposit by using our promo code BD to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G. Once again, the link's at the top of the description. And don't forget to use the promo code BD when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, and get paid with MyBookie. Thank you so much for sponsoring. Now let's get back into the podcast. All right, Parth, a lot to talk about today. Week two, a crucial game for the Bears. I mean, before we get into any of these matchups, are you a little bit worried about this one with the Bengals coming in uh, off of an impressive win over the Vikings? Definitely. Um, they're coming off an overtime win. Um, they're definitely excited. Uh, and they got to be. Um, they have a quarterback who's going to be very good for a very long time in Joe Burrow. So why wouldn't I be? Uh, Jamar Chase also looked really good. And their defense um, contained the Vikings offense, who is, got a lot of good offensive pieces on their team. Uh, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, just to name a few. And they were able to contain them enough to pull it out. And that's pretty good. Um, didn't expect that out of Cincinnati, um, especially right out of week one. Um, they got a solid team. Um, but, yeah, definitely a little bit worried about this one. Uh, the Bears cannot play uh, like they did against the Rams. Got to play mistake-free ball. Uh, and that's something that we haven't been able to do for a very long time. So 
Um, but we got a long way to long, long, long to a lot of stuff to talk about. Let's just say that. Yeah, you know it's a little bit worrisome. I mean, I think the Bengals are a sneaky good team. They're going to be competing yeah. in the AFC North mm-hmm. all year. Once again, one Which of the divisions. Division. That, yeah, yeah, one of the divisions that I said a couple of days ago is one of the best in football. You have the Ravens, who even though they lost on Monday Night Football, still put up a heck of a fight, and they're down a couple of running backs and also some important players on defense. The Steelers, who pulled out an impressive win over the Bills. Obviously, the Browns barely lost at the hands of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. But, hey, man, the Bengals only held Dalvin Cook to 61 yards. I believe the Bears are the only other team that's held Dalvin Cook to that limited in terms of rushing yards and also all-purpose yards in the last couple of years. So the Bengals are a sneaky good team, and Dalvin Cook didn't have a great day, but let's hop into our matchups. Let's hope David Montgomery has a good day. Uh, David Montgomery currently leading the league in yards after contact, 5.1 yards after contact. Uh, The next closest running back, I believe, is at 2.8 yards um, after contact. Montgomery also currently second in the league in rushing yards, only behind the Bengals, Joe Mixon. You have to feed Montgomery in this game if you want to find success. We only saw Montgomery rack up uh, 16 carries in the week one matchup against the Rams for 108 yards and a touchdown. He broke one for 41 yards. I was really impressed out of what I saw. Uh, from the Bengals' defensive line. Their front seven looked really good. Uh, Trey Hendrickson obviously leading the way up there. He had, I believe, over, what, 13 sacks for the Saints last year and got a big deal in Cincinnati. He looked really solid uh, when you take a look at what this Bengals defense was able to do in containing Dalvin Cook. But for the Bears, uh, you just have to keep feeding him, feeding him, feeding him until you find success. David Montgomery is one of the most underrated running backs in the league. As I mentioned earlier, he only had 16 carries. He had the most yards after carry uh, on average compared to any running back in the league. He's always someone who continues to fight and churn for yards. He looked a lot more decisive with the ball in his hands on Sunday. So the Bengals aren't going to go down without a fight, especially in terms of run defense. They were one of the best run defenses in the league in week one, and I'm a little bit worried about that. But if you're the Bears, you can't become one-dimensional. I think that's going to be the tail of the tape all year. You're going to have to either get the passing game going efficiently or the running game going efficiently so one of the others doesn't pitter out. In this one, you have to feed the man that has the hot hand. David Montgomery has to keep going. Um, And I trust that he's going to be able to do that, but... On top of that, not only do you have to continue to feed him, but you have to commit to giving him the ball. That's one of the big storylines coming into the 2021 season. Um, was Is Matt Nagy going to give him the 20-plus carries per game that he deserves? We saw Joe Mixon, who currently leads the league in rushing, rack up 13 more carries than Montgomery in Week 1, and I believe only have 21 more rushing yards. You have to give David Montgomery the ball 20-plus times. That's how it's going to be. So if the Bears want to win this one, they have to continue to give the ball to who has the hot hand. It opens up the passing game. I know it didn't against the Rams. Um, Andy Dalton's turnover in the first quarter kind of shot that, but you have to continue to give the ball to Montgomery. A good running game is a quarterback's best friend. Uh, I'll die on this grave or I'll die on this hill. Uh, you have to give Montgomery the ball 20-plus times. Continue to feed him. Uh, I think the Bengals are going to offer a tough test for sure, but the Bears' offensive line looked okay in Week 1, and I think they'll continue to hold up well, obviously. Uh, a gaping hole at left tackle now with Jason Peters and Larry Borum hurt. We're going to see if either of those guys are ready, but give Montgomery the ball. Trust him. I think he's one of the best running backs in the league, and it's as simple as that. So, Parth, I'm going to pass it on to you right now. 
you're flipping the sides of the ball. We saw yeah. the Vikings get five sacks on Joe Burrow in week one. Getting pressure on him is going to be huge because if you're looking at anywhere that's sus, uh, suspect on the <laughs> on uh, on Cincinnati's. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I started to say sus, man. <laughs> uh, I'm so Gen Z. But um, man, uh, if you're looking for anywhere that's suspect on Cincinnati's offense, it's the offensive line. So go for it, Barth. Yeah, Cincinnati's offensive line has always been their weak spot, especially when Joe Burrow joined the team. Probably the reason why he got hurt last year, for being frank. That's exactly where I was going to go to. Um, that's probably why he got hurt last year, which obviously sucks to see. Um, but it happened again this uh, right out of the week one. Uh, they weren't facing a. Uh, they were facing a pretty tough defense. The Vikings defense is no easy task. They've always been ones to have a really good defensive line. But five sacks uh, for, I think it was 64 yards or something. That, <clears throat> yeah, 44 yards. Um, definitely takes a toll on the quarterback and drives. The Bears have a good enough defensive line to get pressure on Joe Burrow. Uh, the best offensive lineman graded on their team last week was Riley Reef. And the Bears have taken advantage of Riley Reef when he was on Minnesota plenty of times. So the Bears can easily get a bunch of sacks on him. Uh, Robert Quinn and Cleo Mack. I said this, I think, a couple weeks ago. I'd like to see them get it going. Um, it's been so long. I don't know if they even will at this point. But I think if they have a chance this year, this is the game. Uh, this is going to be one of the weakest offensive lines we're going to be facing all year. And this is their chance to run up that sack total. We saw Chandler Jones last week get five sacks. And if Khalil Mack is supposed to be better than Chandler Jones, I've never seen Mack have that type of game since 2018. Hey, man. Hey, man. Chandler, jo Chandler Jones is on pace for 85 sacks this year. Dude, Chandler Jones <laughs> is one of the best pass rushers of all time. He does not get any mention in that category. Um, but, you know, we're here talking about Khalil Mack. Um, I'd like to see him get it going. His numbers have been down. And I want to see him flourish like Chandler Jones because Mack is my guy, you know. And – I say that like he's my, actually my guy, but you know, yeah, he, uh, yeah. obviously I like the, I love to do it and he's one of our bears players and I want to see him do well because that makes the team well. And Akeem Hicks, we saw him uh, get some pass rush week one last year, last, not last year, last week. Um, he played well. I thought uh, he was able to stop the run at times as well. Um, I'd like to see him get it going. Um, no, no penalties. Hopefully this week uh, he has tendency tendencies to get one penalty a week that costs the team a drive. Um, but I'd like to see him get a sack as well. Uh, this this offensive line is definitely the weakest spot in their, this team, um, and this team is young, so they will make mistakes, and uh, this is one spot where I think our defensive line is more experienced, uh, healthy also. I uh, don't think we have any guys that are hurt. Uh, Eddie Goldman will be coming back this game, which will be huge. I think him coming back also helps, uh, you know, Akeem Hicks out. Robert Quinn and Cleo Mack, all three of those guys will have a chance to get one-on-one -on -one opportunities in this game, and I expect them to hopefully pick up a couple sacks at least. Yeah, and pressure is definitely building up on Khalil Mack in Chicago. You mm -hmm. know, he's someone in most of these games who gets double-teamed most every play, gets chip-blocked most every play. Um, but for what the Bears are paying him, we need to see more production. Maybe not from him, but from this defensive front seven in terms of getting to the passer in general. Uh, guys like Robert Quinn are going to need to step up in this one against the Bengals. It was a terrible 
debut for Sean Desai as the Bears defensive coordinator. Matthew Stafford had his best pass matters all worse. Time. Our safeties and cornerbacks looked worse, and that's what he was the head, the coach of before coming into his defensive coordinating position. And Eddie Jackson looks the worst out of all them all and that yeah just and i i think that's just another reason why you have to put more emphasis on the front seven to get pressure uh yeah. someone's got to step Definitely. up on the defense as a whole i think ideally if you look at this defense getting duke shelley this back hope getting duke shelley back this week hopefully would provide them somewhat of a spurt uh, i don't even know if shelley's coming back but regardless he needs to uh when his time comes because marquee christian allowed three catches for 85 yards and two touchdowns uh last week but uh, yeah, the defense has to stand up and perform. Uh, I hope Mac can take advantage of someone like a Jonah Williams who was injured last year and I believe played his first NFL game last week. This Bengals offensive line is definitely suspect. Uh, I do think they have some good pieces. You know, Xavier Suofilo's up there, uh, but they're a little bit young, so hopefully the Bears can get some pressure there this week. Parth, you mentioned it. Akeem Hicks is going to be a big one in having another game. He had three tackles, a half a sack, and two quarterback hits in week one. Uh, Kalomak only had one tackle. He was basically negated, but Robert Quinn also had a half a sack and two quarterback hits as well. So you guys have to just continue to swarm this week, uh, against Joe Burrow. We saw the Vikings defense have some success. Obviously Nick Vigil had a sack, uh, Harrison Smith blitzing had a sack. Uh, Daniil Hunter had a sack and six tackles as well as a quarterback hit. So if the Vikings could do it, I think the Bears can do it. Maybe we can force Burrow into some bad throws or some mistakes because getting turnovers and winning the turnover margin is also going to be huge in this one. Finally, before we close this one out, let's talk about our third point. It's going to be taking advantage of the Bengals' week secondary. Uh, Bengals coach Zach Taylor offered up yesterday that obviously uh, Trey Waynes, who got hurt last week, is going to miss this one. And I think something that was so big in that week one game between the Bengals, the Bengals and the Vikings is that the Bengals offense or the Bengals defense wasn't really able to slow down Kirk Cousins once Waynes went down. We saw in the last two quarters that the Vikings were able to put up 17 points. Kirk Cousins had a passer rating of 106.8, 7.2 yards per pass, 351 yards, two touchdowns. He actually had a pretty good game, and you have to attack the Bengals deep. We saw Andy Dalton throw one pass more than 15 yards in the air in week one, and that was his pass that was intercepted. I believe his next longest pass through the air was a 14-yarder to Cole Komet or something, but we saw the Vikings have success throwing the ball deep against this Bengals secondary, especially when Trey Waynes went down. Adam Thielen had a 24-yard catch. K.J. Osborne had a 25-yard catch. Justin Jefferson, 34-yard catch. Tyler Conklin, 27-yard catch. Amir Abdullah, Amir Abdullah and D.D. Westbrook both had catches that totaled over 10 yards. You have to attack them long. Um, and if you even go to our last video, uh, you could see Bengals fans in the comments talking about uh, when Waynes went down, it got a little bit ugly. So Parth, uh, that's pretty much all I have for this last point. But obviously attacking this secondary is going to be big. We did see the Bears use any of their weapons, any of their speed. Allen Robinson only 36 receiving yards last week. So anything to add to this point before we chime out? You're muted, my boy. You are muted, my boy. Excuse me. I'm a little bit rusty. I've been a little bit sick. But Parth, anything to add here? I was going to say, uh, I think you hit it on the head, but... We definitely need to go deep. The Bears didn't do it at all last week against the Rams, and that's unacceptable. I think you have to open up the tops of the defense, and uh, the Bears not doing that surprised me. Uh, 
I don't care who you're against. Even last year when we had Nick Foles, we tried to throw the ball deep. So I'm surprised that we didn't try to do it with Andy Dalton. Maybe we had plays set up and Andy Dalton doesn't like taking deep shots. That's something we need to be worried about as well. Well, regardless, you just have to do it this week. There's no reason why you shouldn't, especially after seeing the success that Minnesota had, especially in the second half when they had to make a comeback and Trey Wayne's got hurt. And especially with the speed we week. have, we can open up so many so many guys up. And um, I'd like to see Matt Nagy get creative uh, and uh, hopefully get up, get some guys open. I think Allen Robinson's way too talented to be running five-yard routes, though. I just realized that for this entire podcast, we had to meet the opponent's banner on, and I completely forgot to change it uh, for those watching on YouTube. So I apologize. But uh, yeah, you know, it's definitely going to be big. The Bears have to get the offense clicking this week. Hopefully, they can replicate some of the success that they had last week in terms of advancing it onto the opponent's side of the field. I do believe that this Bengals defense, and man, this whole banner is so screwed up. I keep messing things up. I'm a little bit rusty. I'm coming off a little bit of a sickness. Uh, pardon me. We're still trying to get you guys the best content, but the Bears have to get the offense clicking overall this week if they want to win. And then someone on the defense, whether it's the secondary, but Hopefully we're banking on the pass rush has to step up if the Bears want to win in this one. Basically, the team has to click on all cylinders, uh, I guess, if you want to put it that way. But thank you guys so much. (laughs) You want to add anything? Sorry. I was going to say they should should always be clicking on all cylinders. You know, that's what they practice for, so – Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to our episode of three key matchups in Bears versus Bengals. Let us know down in the comments if you're listening in on YouTube what you think the Bears need to do if they want to win this game uh, in terms of positional matchups or any key factors in this game. What do the Bears have to succeed in if they would like to win this one? And do us a favor while you are commenting. Drop a like, subscribe. If you're listening in on one of the podcasting platforms, do us a favor and drop a follow. We're trying to bring you guys the most comprehensive Bears coverage on the web each and every day. That's how we like to differentiate ourselves. If you'd like to see more content from us, head to the link in the top of the description to our website, beardown.com. We're posting columns, articles, and blogs every day to get you guys ready for Bears versus Bengals. If you'd like to enter giveaways we're having, see sneak peeks of guests we're going to have on the show, and also let us know what you want to see here on the podcast, do us a favor, follow us on social media at Bear Down. That is the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Bear Down. And finally, you can find the links to all of our personal social media pages down in the description. Myself, as well as Parth, our Instagram and Twitter pages. It's a great way to interact with us once again. And you can also see our thoughts on all things Bears, the National Football League, and the entirety of the NF. <laughs> I'm so rusty, man. We, have, we took one day off. And the entirety of Chicago sports. Parshaw feels good to be back and going at it again. Man, uh, I, I think uh, yesterday was the only day we've missed uh, yep. since beat the opponents against the Rams. We've been going at it for a while, and it feels good. But any last words before we sign out here? Um, pretty much that's about it. Um, Gavin Sheets has a beautiful swing. He does. Uh, he's got a, a <laughs> Gavin Bonds type of swing. That's what I like to say. Uh, I haven't been able to keep up with the White Sox as much since I've you know been in college and school has started. It's just so I think fun. we're also just dialed in on the Bears now. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense too. But you know, with school starting, it's so hard to watch the White Sox every night. I was able to catch the game for a bit yesterday, um, and they were pouring on runs when I watched it. So at least that happened. Um, said so I think they're playing tonight too. Um, Dallas Keuchel's on the mound, so I will not be watching. So, but yeah, that's about it. Yeah, uh, should be an interesting one. I mean, 
In terms of the Cubs, I mean, there's not much going on. You've got yeah. guys like Schwindel and Wisdom playing well, and the Cubs are winning a couple games. Cubs are winning a couple games here and there now. It was it was really emotional to see Chris. I think Bryant we're down to uh, eight for magic number is eight right now. So yeah, yeah, but it was good to see Chris Bryant return to Chicago. That was also pretty yeah, emotional. Definitely. Uh, and awesome. then he also said, I believe in a barstool podcast that if it ever happened, he would definitely want to return. Um, but he enjoys his time in San Francisco as well. So should be interesting to see how it pans out. I mean, obviously right now, I think Parth being at college, it's a lot easier to focus on college football and stuff like that too. Yeah, exactly. Um, we're definitely geared up into that, but a lot going on right now. Bulls basketball returns in just over a month. So there's a lot to look forward to. We're getting close to that time of the year where all the sports kind of just click up at one time and it's the best time of the year. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. We haven't had that since pre COVID obviously because a lot of sports got thrown around, but guys, it's been a pleasure to be your host. Once again, my name is Chris Malpe. We'll see if the bears can do it. I really hope they can bounce back. I think it's going to be a good game on Sunday against the Bengals. Uh, the bears obviously looking to return to one and one, but bears fans as always do us a favor and stay safe and bear down. We'll see you in the next one tomorrow and uncut probably about Justin Fields because we were supposed to do that yesterday, but we'll see you then. Peace out.